He's just going right ahead and push the button inter- anytime you want. It's entertaining to watch you slide <laughs> b- your Bible around <clears throat> and papers and all <clears throat> that. <laughs> hey, I got a new quote for you, Jeff, before we start this. Now, I kind of okay. stole this from somebody. I don't remember who I stole it from. I saw something kind of like this, reworded a little bit. But I like this. It says, I would rather... Um, I don't mind having not having answers to my questions, okay. but I will not tolerate not being able to question the answers that have been given. Okay, well, I've got something to share along those lines, too. All right, so, so anyway, that's kind of my take new it phrase. Away. Thank right. you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, I'm Roger Fields, and I'm here with Jeff Fields, my brother, and we're in Central Kentucky. We are the Fields Brothers. And we talk about the grace of God and just life on this side of the cross after the price for our relationship with God has been eternally and completely paid for by Jesus. And we just enjoy talking about whatever's happening in our lives and the grace of God and whatever else comes up. So we just never quite know what direction this is going to go. So, Jeff, what you got over there? Well, just along those lines, I came. I was listening to a, to a podcast um, just in the last day or so, and I'll have some other quotes from that podcast. But it's talking about Thomas. Downing Thomas, yeah, and I do. I do, do things. You from? You I remember him? Well, I remember. Okay. It was you know, like okay, that Thomas. Okay, I guess you know a lot of biblical names where there's more than one, but I don't. That's the only Thomas. I don't know of any other Thomas. I don't oh, know that if there Thomas. Is one, yes. Either. Okay. I, I think he gets a bad rap, you know, on the downing part. You know, I kind of feel bad for him a little bit. You know, you know I mean, he's gone down through history as Downing Thomas. With that, but the, someone I was listening to. I mean, you have to wonder too if they're going to be stuck with that for eternity. You mean, oh yeah, you're the doubter. Yeah, I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, this guy was saying, and I think he's probably right. He said, you know, the other disciple. Of course, he wasn't there at the one one time, but uh, he said the other disciples, you know, had the same questions. He was just bold enough to speak up and ask a question, yeah. and then earlier in the upper room. You know, Thomas was the one that spoke up and asked a question, and then Jesus gives a response. And it's not about a, you know, we learned, you know, we heard some things from Jesus because Thomas asked questions. Yeah, that's great. That's a great point. Yep. And also that that in the after the resurrection, and you know, he did, and Thomas expressed, you know, had been doubting or whatever, and then Jesus appears. You know, Jesus never rebuked him for that. That you know, is said, interesting. He said, "Touch yeah. me." You know, yeah. put your hands. Yeah, and and that is a good example of you know people have questions, and there's and he, nothing and, wrong with that. And Jesus said, "You know, you believe because you've seen. Blessed yeah. are those who have not seen." Yeah. So Jesus did go on to say that there is a real blessing to people who have not had that kind of evidence. Yeah. you know, but yeah. So anyway, he didn't that, that, him. that he didn't um, say, what's wrong with you, Thomas? What's, you know, what's, what's your problem here? You know, that um, that podcast I'll refer to a little bit later. It's the one I mentioned before. It's called I always. I never remember the exact name, but I've got it here in front of me now. It's Rethinking God with Tacos. Uh, two guys do it together. I don't have their names in front of me, but they have different guests every time. Mm-hmm. And so they have a guest on the most current one, a guy from Canada, a pastor from Canada named Mike Zinker, Z-E-N-K-E-R. And um, he had he had a bunch of good stuff to say, so I may bring some of that up as we go along here. Have you ever thought Have you ever thought about this that false doctrine only goes one way? So what do you mean by that? <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm to answer your question. Yeah, no, yeah. I've never thought of that. But. In other words, if somebody you know talks too much about the love of God or mm-hmm. the grace of God, or you know they're just not strong on whatever discipleship, okay. or, then then that's false teaching. You rarely ever hear somebody 
who's who talks about the wrath of God and he and he, he just kind of bashes Christians for yeah. their whatever. You never hear him say, "Well, he's a false teacher." The false teachers are always the guys who who err too much on the side of grace. Isn't yeah, that true or not? That's true for the, for the vast majority. For now, the other, you know, part. people like us, we and and others that would be along our yeah. thinking that we would, you know, we don't we, we don't probably label, do call the other ones false teachers. We you don't. Know, the well, other we direction. don't use that term a lot. You know, but, yeah, actually, let me tell you another thing. I thought of the other day. You know, there's one word. Well, there's probably more than one, but there's one word that it's, it's really a good word. There's nothing wrong with the word. It's a Bible word, but you can't hardly use it anymore. And I'll tell you, you know what it is? You probably don't know what it is. And you, a word was, that's a Bible word that you can't hardly use anymore. It just has a, has a I think, in my opinion, has a, um, what's the word? It just has a, a connotation or I don't know. It just It's just a word. That every time I hear somebody use it in the context of either the name, if someone's in the name of a church, the name of a ministry, or I just go, oh, brother. You know, I just kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's, there's nothing really wrong with the word. I've got a guess. But let me well, see. Go ahead. You, Would you, go ahead. You want to guess? Anointed? No, that, I mean. Oh, they were really anointed. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, th- there may be more words okay. like that. But here's okay. the way it's the word truth. Because if you say, when you say, you know, like we have, a, if, we, if we called our podcast the you know, gospel truth, mm-hmm. by, what that means is truth now does not mean truth. It means highly opinionated. <laughs> oh, it means my, my opinion. Yeah, it means my opinion. Yeah. And so when you say, like, you put the word truth in your church, it means, well, we think we know it all. Yeah. We think we got it all figured out. We've got it, everything nailed down. And that there is down. not an ounce of error in anything. There's no error that, in it. Yeah, it's, that, we've got yeah. the truth. That's why I, I just, yeah. anymore, I don't like the word. Now, in the Bible, I'm fine with it in the context of that. In Scripture. Of course, Jesus said, I am the way, yeah. the truth. So I'm fine with that. And the, but to say it now, truth, truth make you free. Yeah. I think it just, I mean, when I hear that, I just think, oh, brother, like, you're really, you know, okay, here we go, here we go, you know. But I hear, I see that in, uh, you know, sometimes in, in the name of a, like a Facebook group or Facebook page, you know, truth, which means that we got it figured out, you don't, we're going to tell you stupid what's sort of the like. Okay, you know, it relates a little bit to another quote from that same podcast that, and I've heard others talk about this lately, and, you know, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the idea that there is such a, you know, including myself, we have such a compulsion to have to be right. Um, and where we know all the answers, that, that type of thing. And, you know, that life in Christ is not about getting everything right or, or knowing intellectually everything mm-hmm. right. Um, but the, the quote, are, and so that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that we're, we're not, it's not a matter of figuring out every doctrinal thing right it's a matter of experiencing the life of christ within us there's a difference between the knowledge of good and evil and it's not that you know the the tree was in the garden so i mean the tree itself is not bad i mean Mm -hmm. god put it in the garden but it's just it was never meant to be partaken of first type of thing you know romans paul says you know hate what is evil cling to what is good right but that's in chapter 12 you know right, after you've right. gone through all the things right. of who we are in right. christ so it's not that it's wrong to know good and evil when that's your focus your your focus it's is not to be we first. just got to figure it out yes we got to figure out what's right what's right. wrong that's our focus but yeah. but the quote i loved with this is he said um let's switch trees not just branches you know, a lot of times we yeah. shift our thinking we just switch to another branch on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Okay, now I know it. And it's still just the same thing. It's just a different branch as opposed to really yeah. one experience. And another quote he said, you, can't, you cannot rush revelation. I thought that was good. That's you cannot rush revelation. And it yeah. made me think that, 
you know, the, the two most impactful times in my life was one when I heard about, from Galatians 2, justification by faith. It's not by works of law. That was an eye-opener for me. And then the other time that you've heard me talk about when I learned about Christ as our life, crucified with Christ. Both of those times, neither one of those times was I searching for that. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those times was I looking for an answer to that. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to what someone was teaching, and boom, all of a sudden, I've, you know, it was revealed to me. So, yeah. so don't feel, you know, so we can't rush revelation so don't uh, you know we, we can just relax See, I and, think and trust a, god to open our eyes and spirit open our eyes and i hate the word balance but to me it's it, there's a difference between okay i gotta know what's right so i mm. can have it all figured out and explain to you why i'm right and you're wrong other than just i just want to understand things i mean i just i do have kind of a desire i just would like to understand mm. how certain things work but now i've got to be able to live with the idea that i'm not going to understand everything and that's okay. And there again, I can say it. I can live without having answers to all my questions. Yeah. But I want to be able to question the answers I've been given. And then also realizing that the answers I think I have, I may oh, someday yeah, right, see that, right. no, I didn't quite right. get that. Right. You know? I think you have to have so. enough wiggle room in your own understanding that you've got to be able to yeah. and, and not be so invested. I think that's the thing. I think people get so invested in a certain way of seeing well, things that they have a template they lay over every scripture, over every statement, everything they think. If it doesn't fit that template, well, they just can't accept it. I think that's a problem. And you put in, and then you get an income depending on that. It yep. really gets hard. But that gets you know, to be real. I, I, you know, I think you and I pretty much know ninety nine point five percent of everything. But there's that half percent we're still open to. to learn. I'm just kidding. But well, <laughs> I think. <laughs> You know, I like I like Paul. You know, I just came knowing nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Yeah. I feel like the one thing I do know is that Christ crucified made the difference. Now, how everything else plays out, and, you know, you see certain things in the scriptures, but you're always kind of changing how you see certain scriptures too. Actually, let me get it. Made me think of this. I, I wouldn't know if I was going to do this or not. Okay, do you know who Michael Servetus is? No. Okay, Michael Servetus was a Spanish physician and theologian. Okay. okay. He lived in the 1500s. Okay. I'm all for reading. I read a preface by C.S. Lewis, and evidently C.S. Lewis used to recommend for every current book you read, you need to read a really old book. So I like well, the idea did. of reading from guys centuries ago. Okay. Well, Michael Servetus managed to upset the Catholic Church and the Calvinists, okay. Okay, which wasn't an easy thing to do. He got everybody upset. The Spanish Inquisition arrested him, okay, in like 1552, okay? Um, they, somehow he escaped their hands. The French Inquisition got him, and they declared that he was worthy of death, okay? Um, he went to travel to Geneva. Um, he, um, um, Calvin uh, wanted him arrested. Calvin, actually, Calvin's the one that got him arrested in Geneva by the city magistrates, Okay? Now, he went on trial, and they condemned him to death, and they decided they wanted to burn him at the stake. Now, Calvin. I think I've heard a little bit about this. Cal- he, he was merciful. Calvin, yeah, well, I just wanted to kill him with a sword. Yeah. It's like, just, yeah, <laughs> can we just hack him up? Well, that, you know, that was, that was Calvin's merciful thing. Okay, so now hang on. So, all right. So, so anyway, the, the Catholics want him dead. The Calvinists want, want him dead. They get him arrested, and he does end up getting burned at the stake. I mean, they, that's what they did. Now, so here the question becomes, what, was, what did he do? Was he a murderer? Was he a rapist? Was he a pedophile? Well, no, it was a doctrinal thing. Yeah. He, he, now, so we think, okay, so what was that? Did he deny the lordship of Jesus, deny that Jesus had come in the flesh? No, do you know what he did? 
You know what, you know what his no, sin was no that idea. got him burned to, at the stake? Are you ready? What? He didn't believe or understand the Trinity. That was it. Mm-hmm. He thought he was what we would call a modalist. He believed that God he was God the Father, that he came in the form of Jesus, then Jesus came in the form of the Holy Spirit. Well, which, which we would not agree with. Which but I would not agree gonna... with. I believe in traditional. Yeah. I, I do yeah. believe in the Orthodox understanding of the Trinity. I would yeah. not agree with that. But holy moly, <laughs> you know, it's not like the Trinity is an easy thing to understand either, you know, that God is one God, but is expressed right. in three different in three different people. I mean, it's not like that's a piece of cake to comprehend. So, you know, now I'm going to, a lot of people are going to get mad at me at this one, I, but, and I know they say, well, you have to understand the times and you have to understand the context. And, you know, there, there are a lot of people yeah. that got killed for doctrines, but, you know, Calvin's the one that got him arrested. Calvin had zero problem with him being executed. Yeah. He just wanted it done differently. Well, I have a little problem with that, you know? <laughs> and that's not to say that Calvin hadn't contributed, because he did, contributed to getting a lot of Christianity out of Catholicism. And he says something with it. But, you know, here's, so here's my last thing. Here's what's going to, you know, I'm going to... I might even get an email over this one. This might know. be our very last podcast. You might, it could be, you might you know, tick me off. And but, but trusting Calvin for all of your Bible doctrine, yeah. to me, would be like having your home security system installed by the Unabomber. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't think so. Yeah. You know I mean? I have a little problem with... Anyway, so go ahead. Well, I think it brings a point that, and, I, and I've seen this a little bit more, because I've... You know, so people that I've been listening to that I really respect and like, I've heard them quote at times Calvin and mm-hmm. other people when I know they don't agree with a lot of what Calvin said. Right. But that doesn't keep them from quoting him for what they think he was right on. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we tend to kind of put either people today or people in history is kind of like either you you just you go all out for them. Yeah, they're great and everything. Yeah. Or they're just don't listen to them at all. Yeah. And I mean, everybody has error in their thinking yeah. and, and teaching and all but that. But most so. people <laughs> are not going <laughs> to. <laughs> most most Christian believers that I'm aware of yeah. now, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, would not be on the side of if you don't understand the Trinity, we're going to have to kill yeah. you with a sword. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I heard someone the other day, a teacher I really like, talked about um, uh, Jonathan Edwards. You know, the sermon yeah. "Sinners oh, in the yeah. Hands of an Angry." Oh, he said, and, and I, a long time ago, I read some other things by Edwards, and I don't even remember. I mean, he wrote a bunch of stuff. But, you know, that's the most well-known sermon. And this guy also said that Jerry Falwell years ago, some people are, people our age will remember that name, that Jerry Falwell once had a list of the greatest sermons in the history of the church, and he had that one as that number one. On but really? anyway, um, the point is that, that some of the other stuff that Jonathan Edwards wrote, this guy says, if you read some of his other stuff, you would think it's Paul Young. Huh. Writing. I mean, it's all yeah. about love and all that. And so he said, I don't know what was going on with that sermon. He must well, have been having a bad day. That well, there day again, it's, it's mixed grace. Yes. Sometimes it's and grace, so, sometimes it's not. And so just because, you know, we quote someone from the past or even someone oh. from today doesn't mean we endorse every single thing right. they ever wrote. Calvin I mean, said some brilliant stuff. I don't agree no. with everything that I say. No. So, you no. know. But to my knowledge. <laughs> I mean, now, I don't know. Maybe I'm making too big a deal out of it. One other point but. that relates to that that I read, and I think this is true, a lot of this relates to a person's view of, for lack of a better term, the afterlife. You know, if you believe in eternal conscious torment, mm-hmm. so not annihilation necessarily, but just, I mean, if you actually believe that God is going to make sure that anyone that 
doesn't jump through the right hoop is going to burn for eternity and consciously suffer for all eternity, then in their minds, that justifies in Calvin's mind, if he really believed that yeah. this guy, this false teaching yeah. is leading people to that, then you that's, can see how they would justify it in their mind. Yeah. And so, and I read, and I think it's true that so much of the religious persecution, the Christian religious persecution through the centuries was always people that had that well, view of afterlife. Yeah. And so it's very sad. Well, that dovetails another thing I was going to bring up is, you know, I think there's three, you know, there's three ways to defame God. I believe now, there's probably more of the ways. There's three ways that I've, kind of picking on here in three ways to I think attack God's character and I think one of them is the contemporary view um, of hell that it's mm-hmm. a conscious torment forever that God supernaturally keeps people alive forever and ever just so they can be tormented mm-hmm. I mean that to me that makes God into a monster and um, I, I'm sorry but that's not not exactly what the Bible says <laughs> right uh, there's uh, and yeah I mean we can get into all that but no, no I'm, I'm convinced that is that, that's not well, what the Bible says, and that's not true. The other so. thing I don't like is when we, we take, you talked about this, where we say God just cannot even bear to look at sin. You yep. know, he's so fragile, he can't even, you know, well, it's the exact opposite of Jesus. Right, yeah. Jesus, who's the exact image of God, comes into this world, and the thing he gets criticized for is he hangs around yeah. sinners, yeah. and he doesn't avoid, you know, Jesus did not come into this world, set up a little monastery somewhere, invite people into his monastery, away from all the sins so he could teach them. Yeah. He just went right into the jaws of real life in that time, and he hung out with people that were unsavory people, and that's one of the things he got criticized. Well, if he's the exact image of God, yeah. then God, you know, I even heard a very well-known, very liked preacher talk about how God is just so holy that he can't even bear to look on sin, and that's why we need yeah. Jesus. Really? I mean, where do we get this stuff? Yeah. All right, and then number three. I've got more to say when you get done with here. About okay, that. number three. I don't like the sensitive guy. He's so sensitive that if you sin or do something wrong, he has to pull away and break fellowship with you. He, yeah. you hurt his, it's like you hurt his feelings, and he can't hang out with you now. Yeah. So, Ma, you might have your salvation still intact. He just can't be with you or you get your act together and get back in fellowship. Or, or you know, a little different than that, or he is... He uses he withdraws his presence to some degree as a as a stick type of thing. Yeah, you know when Punishment you or, yeah. it's kind of like instead of sending you to your corner, he he I'm going to go to my corner. Right. Then right. when you're ready to straighten up, I'm I'll take come my out. ball and go home. Okay, <laughs> yeah. if that's the way you're going to act. I'm just going home until you straighten Which up. Is, you know, I mean, God is so different than than the way you know we we've and, tended to think. And here's the problem. I think is I think like. You know, now our church didn't particularly promote this, and our parents did. But you know, our denomination was, by and large, said if you didn't get baptized the right way, you know, that you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so even when you come to the point that you realize that certain doctrines like that are wrong, it still, in a way, taints the oh, way yeah. you see Absolutely. God. Absolutely, it's like I still have kind of the residue is I still kind of feel like that's the kind of God we've got. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe that particular doctrine oh, isn't yeah. right. And that's what's so, I think, so bad about this stuff, so evil about this stuff. And that's the darkness that we're in. We're in darkness. You know, it, it's still an amazing statement we've talked about late. You know, on the cross, Father, forgive them for what? They know not, they what, know they not what they do. Yeah. And if they'd have known later on, if they'd have known, they wouldn't have crucified the, yeah. the Lord of glory. Yeah. But I read it. This, this goes along with another story I read. And I, I heard uh, him share this recently, but or, I mean, 
I've heard him share it multiple times, but Baxter Kruger tells the story of John McLeod Campbell, who was a Scottish pastor from way back when. I don't know how many, how long ago that was, but a long time ago. And he would try to teach his congregation about the love of God because it was very meaningful to him, but he said they could just could not grasp the love of God. It wasn't that they disagreed, yeah. but it was just kind of like it was bouncing right. off their heads. Right. And said until he realized their view of what happened at the cross, that mm-hmm. the view that God is just that, you know, the sacrifice on the cross was about appeasing an angry God. Mm-hmm. And when you see, so similar to what you're saying, that kind of, it gets embedded in our thinking more than we realize. And when you tend to see God that way, you can be taught all you want about the love of God right. and agree with it right. intellectually, but it doesn't really impact. Right. You. right. And so that is, that is the darkness that, you know, the light shined in the darkness, the darkness didn't under, understand it. And so that, that is a huge issue. But back to that other verse, uh, your eyes are too pure to look upon evil from the Old Testament. I haven't looked at it lately, but, but people I trust said that, you know, it's basically saying, and it goes on from there, it doesn't stop there, that your eyes are too pure to look upon evil and do nothing about it. You know, there is such a thing as wrath, but I'm convinced the wrath of God is his hatred for sin itself, not toward us, because the damage that it does to us. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if there's, you know, a wild animal getting ready to attack one of my grandkids, that animal is going to experience my wrath. Mm-hmm. And to the child, it may look like I'm mad at them, but I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at what's getting ready to hurt them. And so, you know, that's the wrath of God, and wrath is part of his love. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that God's wrathful on one side and love on the other side. Part of his love, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, if you love yeah. someone, yeah. then you're going to absolutely hate anything that's going to destroy them right. and damage them. Right. And if you don't hate that, then you really don't love the right. person. Right. And, Let me ask you this, so. too. Have you ever, um, is there any example, that's, I think this is really what you're saying, is there any example in, in real life where somebody um, loves you, you believe somebody loves you, but they won't accept you? In other words, if you have a relative, if you have a friend, if you have a school teacher, somebody mm-hmm. says, well, I loves you, but you won't accept me. See, to me, that's kind of, I don't know that I can, that, that ever happens. I yeah. mean, if somebody, if, you, if somebody really loves you, they do accept yeah. you. I mean, I'm not thinking of it. I can't think of any examples right now. That's so what, that's, that's, but that's, that's my point. point yeah. yeah, but that's kind of what we said yeah. to God. He loves us, but he doesn't yeah. accept us. <laughs> you know, he loves, well, how's that work? You know, but there, there again, we've, you know, I think we've made the love of God You're kind the, of a wonky uh, thing. You know? John Lynch and his two road sermon, uh, you know, it's a well known. I mean, I wish that was more well known than sinners in the hands of an angry God. But anyway, yeah. um, I mean, it's been well known. But he has a, a line in there about, you know, God's kind of put out with us, and he, he describes like God is looking at someone who's never come to faith and all this, and and God's kind of like, oh. oh he said, oh, 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 he's going to say the prayer. He's going to, oh, he said the prayer. Okay, now I have to accept him. Or, you yeah, know, something I mean, like that's that. kind of what. Well, that, yeah, that's, that. And that is a game changer when we realize, no, God is not disappointed in you yeah. at all. Yeah. Never has been, never will be. He has no illusions of what we can be. He, I mean, it's like a little child or, you know, I, I, have, a, I have a son with special needs with Down syndrome, and, you know, that endears ourselves and others to him mm-hmm. and we don't you know it's not his fault he has yeah. downs and so mm-hmm. he has limitations and so i mean that is mild compared to our limitations to mm-hmm. compared to god and so our limitations endear us to god not making yeah. put out with i mean us. We, we we've made god you know a monster we've made him very overly sensitive you know mm-hmm. fragile he just pulls away can't look at you know i mean i just it's amazing it's, and i think maybe the doctrines you know 
I think maybe that may be the, the worst thing about some of the doctrines is just the way it betrays God. Yeah. God, and yeah, we see, we see the Father and Son as kind of uh, bad cop, good cop. You know, Jesus yeah. is the good cop. Yeah. And um, Jesus is, I've heard others say, Jesus is the perfect doctrine. I think it's Bill Johnson, someone quoted him saying that, that, that Jesus is the perfect doctrine. Or perfect theology, I think is what it says. Jesus is the perfect theology. Yeah. And so, um, so when we read, when so I mean, part of this is just being open to the fact that maybe I've misunderstood God. Yeah. I mean, I have definitely yeah. come to that in the last yeah. few years. Yeah. And so, if, if someone doesn't agree with some of this, or whatever, I would just ask you to suggest you just just ask God, you know, Holy Spirit, have I misunderstood yeah. you? And just I maybe, maybe I'm just putting this out there, <laughs> maybe. God loves you more than you thought. I, I Maybe so. He's more accepting than you thought. Maybe He's bigger than you thought in that regard. And, um, and maybe you know, maybe we've just made Him too puny. We made Him too. What's I don't know what the word is. We just made Him too. And it doesn't mean He He doesn't notice the sin. He doesn't want to free us from sin yeah. because He knows it destroys us. It yeah. has His consequences. Yeah, but, so so we're not just whitewashing that, but we just know that. It's only the love of God that can really free us and deliver us. Yeah, I mean that's what we were created yeah. for. Yeah. Designed maybe for maybe, it, maybe so. He is a loving Father who just runs across a field and grabs a hold of you and brings you to the party, even though you've messed up your life. You know who knows? Yeah. Maybe that really is like God. I you believe know? so I believe so. It reminds me that that Ephesians three. You know, Paul prays. You know, that the Spirit, the eyes here would be open. To understand this doctrine or that doctrine, yeah, no, no, that you might know the love of Christ. Love of God, right? No. Love of Christ.